We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, Sarah, I think we both knew that with Marlon Humphrey having recently launched that new podcast that we've talked about in recent weeks, that plenty of content would be coming from it as a result for us. And Bobby, little did we know that it would come so soon because Marlon just this week dished on his recent foot surgery. And he said that he himself was shocked that that surgery was even necessary. <laughs> Lots coming up here. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host, Sarah Ellison. It is Friday, August 25th, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. Okay, so it's finally come. Jadavian Clowney, he held his first press conference as a Raven on Thursday, and he shared what it was about Baltimore that ultimately led him to signing with the Ravens. And he also pulled back the curtain a little bit on how he and the other outside linebackers will be used. Plus a 53-man roster cut down, right? As as those kind of near closer and closer coming up on Monday the 28th, our Darius Washington continues to make a case for himself. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We have a whole lot more coming up. So Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Okay, so, Bobby, I love Marlon Humphrey having a podcast already, especially when you're trying to figure out what the heck is going on in the injury world. So, we know that he has this podcast. It's called Punchline Punchline Podcast with, with Marlon Humphrey, and so... Um, he came on, it, it sounds like listening to them, it went up, it, the podcast itself went up on Thursday. It sounds like based off of listening to it, they recorded it on Tuesday. Okay. So that's one day after the, um, preseason game against the Washington commanders. So that's also, let's see, he had foot surgery on Thursday. So you got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So we're about four, about five or six days removed from him having surgery is when this interview goes on. Now, before I give it, get into some of the quotes and sound bites that he said about it, what I found interesting, Bobby, is throughout this interview or the podcast, he's wearing like these kind of slipper shoes. They look really comfortable, really comfortable. And I think at one point he may have just like subconsciously, unless I skipped it, maybe there was like some sort of announcement of him taking it off, but I just, Recalled at one point, I look up 
and he's got no shoes on. And you can see what looks to me, I'll bring it up here for the audio only people. So he's got his leg crossed with that slipper off and there's a bandage on his foot. So I'm assuming that's the foot that he had surgery on. Now, when people say, hey, I've got a foot, or a foot injury or a leg injury or this and that, you don't really quite know what it is. If that is indeed bandages from where he had surgery, it's not his toe, right? It's not in any of his toes. Um, but I'm no doctor. I'm sure some other, you know, those, those online doctors, Twitter doctors might look at that and may be able to deduce what that is. It looks like it's maybe below those metatarsals. And then there's like a gajillion. I took anatomy in college, Bobby, but I can't. And I one time had to memorize all the bones in the foot. I can no longer do it, but I can tell you there's a lot in there. <laughs> so that's what it looks like to be his surgery. So first up, of course, um, he was asked about how he's um, feeling and his timeline in coming back. I have the honor of asking unfiltered Marlon Humphrey how that foot, how that foot do. You know, the foot, uh, hey, I'm walking today. You was, I walked here with two feet, two legs. How long of a timeline are we talking? We got, honestly, you know I told him I feel like I can go next week. But I don't know, there's something about, you know, they told me that's not yeah. realistic, but I... I'm a monster. You are a monster. So what timeline can we expect reasonably? Because you know Ravens fans have just a tiny little bit of PTSD on the whole injury thing. Honestly, I don't really know. I, this is a... Honestly, what do you mean you don't know? What, what does that mean you do not know? Honestly, I, I've been... Every day I come in there, it's something new. As far as... And I kind of like that. Keeps me on edge. You know, don't know what we're doing today. They're like, hey, start trying to walk. I'm like, I'll start trying to walk. Then I walk in, no crutches today. And so I don't know what they're going to tell me tomorrow. And just, Are you going to play week one? I would, I would, frick, I would love to. You just, you just want to be out there. I want to be with the guys. Bobby, I'd say he has a better poker face than J.K. Dobbins, but still not a great poker face. The fact that Marlon's doing a podcast now. I feel for Jack Settleman, who's his co-host. He is going to have to rein him in more so than ever before. And he's great in front of the mic. Marlon, he expresses himself well. He's transparent. He's honest. But Jack, boy, he's going to have a tough, tough gig. You know you know how we try to do 30 to 40-minute episodes? I don't know if they have a time limit, but if they do, good luck. No, 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 no. He doesn't try to rein him in. In fact, their first um, – their first – their first segment was called Inside Marlon's Mind. And the first five minutes of the podcast, before they even got to this, this part where I just pulled out with the injury news, they were talking, they were talking about he was up at 3 a.m. and and had questions about Santa Claus and when Jesus Christ was actually born and all this kind of like <laughs> they're still they're thrilling him in. They're putting his mind like in front, you know, that's kind of what they're doing. So, but um, but I, First of all, um, what I what I gathered from that clip is we're now five, six days removed from his surgery, and he said he's got no crutches and he's walking. Okay, so it really couldn't have been that serious, as John Harbaugh said, um, for him to already be walking, you know, less than a week later. So I thought that was good. The other thing, and I and I pulled this clip, but then I thought it would take too long. 
um, his co-host Jack was trying to get him to be like, Hey, well, we couldn't break this news about surgery. And we'll get to that in a little bit about who broke it and all that and how it went down. Cause he's Jack's a little bit bitter. He's like, I, you're, it's like your name's on this podcast. Why aren't we breaking this news? You know, instead of like the Garofolos and, and the Ian Rappaport's and Adam Schefter's of the world. And so, uh, so he was trying to get Marlon to commit to breaking the news of when he'd come back. And Marlon was like, no, 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 you don't seem to understand. This is all part, we have to use it to our advantage. You know, people always get mad, especially at John Harbaugh, right? When he's like always wrong about injuries. Now, sometimes he just is, but when you're in season, do not expect him to shoot you straight. And Marlon basically said, bro, I can't even break it on my own podcast. Like we have to use it to our advantage. And he got into how the Steelers would do that with Ben Roethlisberger all the time. And it's like this psychological warfare. So uh, nobody's going to be breaking that until we see Marlon Humphrey out on the field. All right. So then we got into um, a little bit about how he found out about this foot surgery. Now he didn't get into when he started feeling pain, but there must've been a little bit of something for him to get a scan. So he talks about, a phone call that he got that that surprised him. Doctor is like, yo, we might have a problem. And I literally was like, what do you mean? And then he's like, it might be surgery. It's like, what? Like, I literally was like, what? I, honestly, if I'm being honest, I went to go get a scan. And I was like, he called me. The doctor called me. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm taking the rest of the day off. Like, I literally was like, I'm just taking, I'm not even going back. I'm like, I'll go back with the walkthrough. I'm missing all the meetings. I'll come back literally for the walkthroughs. I was like, I got like three hours to kill. And then I was like, well, let me call him back. He's like, we got a problem. I'm like, oh, frick. Oh, this is actually for real. And then surgery, like, freaking. Like so what'd you do? Seconds. You flew to Charlotte the next day or that day? Flew to Charlotte that day. No, next day. Next day. Flew you to get Charlotte surgery. next day, got surgery, because I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to get back. That's, that's a heck of a timeline. It sounds like a flare-up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously it wasn't too serious because like we've said, he's already without crutches and all that kind of stuff. Um, so something is there, but like, he didn't think it was at all seriousness or serious enough to go and have surgery. And so it's interesting. Cause when John Harbaugh first kind of like confirmed the news, it again was broken in the national media and John Harbaugh confirmed it. And then they said, well, did he injure it? yesterday in practice because we remember marlon humphrey it was the first day of joint practices with washington and marlon played the whole practice finished the practice and then that day he was talking to the media and he seemed fine and then it was like the next morning that the news broke and then so obviously when john harbaugh was at the podium they're like when did it did it happen during practice because he seemed fine to us less than 24 hours ago and he said no it was lingering so then that made fans even more upset because it's like well if he was lingering why why was he out there in the first place clearly what they're doing is playing it very safe because marlon himself didn't think it was that serious to have any sort of su surgery something may have not felt right and he got a scan and then he and then he found out and then he's like listen I just want to get it taken care of and get back to our guys so um yeah I thought I thought that was interesting so the next thing and I get this question so often Bobby is like people be like how come the local people don't break more news right like Jeff Zrebeck breaks some news I think the most news he breaks he probably gets it from the Raven side 
but most news that breaks, it comes from agents. And so, um, so it's these national media guys, they become national because they have already had these relationships with agents or players. So anyway, Marlon himself, once again, sometimes you're just like, you think that the players are totally in the know and he is, but he was shocked by how quickly the news got out. So what I want to know is who is breaking the news? Because I thought that, you know, you have your own show. Maybe you would share with the people. Maybe you'd share with me. But I'm seeing on Twitter, Rappaport tweeting, you know, Garfolio tweeting. I'm not going to lie. So how's that actually work? Like the doctor is telling them or you're telling them? How, how does stuff get sourced that quickly like that? That one went kind of quick. Came out to practice. I knew I had to have surgery, but I didn't think anyone else knew I had to have surgery. And then my trainer's like, yo, you might not should be out here. It might be a bad look because you have a surgery today. <laughs> I was like, I mean, well, I already came out here now. So like, people already saw. And then someone called me. was like, I just heard something about you. I was like, what do you mean? Like, you have a little procedure? I'm like, dang. Then I get off the field. I'm like, oh, crap. This is like out there. Really Wait, fast. You were still on the field when they were posting that? That was the next day. Oh, the next day. The next day. Oh, you were in Baltimore on the field the next day, and then you went to Charlotte. Yeah, I was on I was I went out there to join practice to watch. Gotcha. And I was watching my dogs because I knew it got real the day before, you know what I'm saying? A little scrappy, a little scrappy. Yeah, that got out fast. In the day before, I can literally remember him in the Ardarius Washington sort of skirmish. Right with the commanders, Marlon was one of the first to get to Ardarius and get him all hype him up, and he's running and bouncing and everywhere. So to say that this came out of nowhere and flared up on him would be an understatement. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Like, and I also think it's hilarious that he shows up to practice like the second day of the joint practices, and they're like, "Uh, Marlon, <laughs> you might not want to be out here," you know. So anyway, so that's the update on Marlon. Um, he yeah so listen i'm sure i bet the national guys got it right remember when the national guys were reporting on jk dobbins and jk dobbins himself was like check your sources because i'm going to be back and then exactly what ian rapaport had you know reported came true so uh sounds like it, it, it was going to be within a, the month a month of his surgery uh that puts week one in question um the ravens and marlin do not want to tell houston or the Bengals when exactly he'll be back because they want to make everybody prepare as if he will be and prepare for his his depth so we will find out when he gets on that field but it was nice to get inside there now this is a good way to transition because we're going to talk about jadavian Clowney here he was he had his press conference first we have to end with this there's always something hilarious and just head scratching quite frankly of what marlin says so we'll end on this. Remember, Jadavian Clowney chose number 24 for his jersey. He said, by the way, Thursday that he'll reevaluate after their cuts. He only had two choices. But check out Marlon Humphrey's reaction. But that's bad ball. Like, that's, that's honestly unacceptable. <laughs> but I got to talk to him about it. I don't really know Clowney. What kind of guy? If you see a jokester, is he not? But I got to bust his balls anyway. Because that's, that's, I mean, that's. That's ugly, man. 24? He should have got... No, oh, who's wearing number eight? Do we have number eight? 
Yeah, I hate you. That's freaking Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. I got to stop doing that. See, we got to delete this, that. Nah, we got to delete that. We got to delete that. We have to delete that. This I'm is so what sorry. people don't understand. Is, that is real. That is like genuinely real. He, it, it doesn't cross his mind I didn't mean to say that, that Lamar knew, wears number I knew eight. that. I'm not surprised. I'd say I'm surprised, but I'm not. Yeah, no. Not at all. Not at all. You know? And, and Jack, no, we do get it. We, we do understand the way his mind works because we've been following this guy. So... Maybe not the the whole. I'm sure the masses in Baltimore are starting to figure it out how his mind works, but some things we'll we'll never really know. And and Jadavian did actually explain why why it is 24. It was either that or 50 right now, <laughs> and I ain't picked 50 because Justin Houston wore last year here, and uh, I just picked 24 just to switch it up. I don't know. I just was like, yeah, let me try 24. <laughs> We'll see what happens when training camp over when they make because I might switch my number again. They say, but we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets more to a traditional number in a week or so when these cuts are made, right? That it goes yeah. from 90 to 53, lots of other options to choose from. You're a vet. You're going to get, you know, I'm sure a little bit of a preference, but. Yeah, so let's let's move into Jadavian. What what did he have to say today? Yeah, so a couple different things that I, that I wanted to, to get into here specifically. I mean, just on first and foremost, why he picked the Ravens. You know, he did have other suitors that were out there gunning for him, but why Baltimore? I've been a fan of John Harbaugh since I came to the league. I just felt like watching him on TV, he was all about his players and asking me, hey, what y'all want to do? What y'all want to do? So I want to be a part of it. Coming over here has been great so far. And I loved how you connected that to the classic, the classic moment that was caught by Ravens Productions back from the 2019 MVP season. They're on the road in Seattle. John Harbaugh asked Lamar, you want to go for it on fourth down with the game on the line? Heck yeah, coach, I want to go for it. One of the all-timers, right? You, you connected the two of those things. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, you know, it just made me think, like, don't discount the role that John Harbaugh has in recruitment and the fact that he's reinvented, you know, himself over the years, what, 15, 16 years running now as a – as a head coach in Baltimore, you have to reinvent yourself to stay relevant, to to cultivate relationships with guys that are significantly younger than you from all over the world, from different, you know, uh, socioeconomic backgrounds. And and just, I, yeah, I, I thought it was that that was cool. It, what's hilarious. It really is the first like they said it really is the first thing that came out of his mouth when he was when he was in front of podium. They're like, how's it going? And, you know, here in Baltimore and he's like, oh, and just launched into John Harbaugh and how much he liked him. And it's hilarious to me because really just because he's been here for so long, but there are people who hate Harbaugh so much. Like when I tweeted that, there are people that do not want a single compliment given to John Harbaugh, like at all, like because they're so over him and they want new blood and Listen, I get it. The Ravens haven't had a, a lot of playoff wins um, since they run the Super Bowl or whatever. So it's not like he's above criticism, but it's hilarious to me that it's like any compliment he gets. So I just saw a couple of people that, oh, well, this is actually a bad thing that he asks players. He's like, that just shows he doesn't know what he what he wants to do. And it's like, is that what you got for me? Like they just got Jadavian Clowney or they've gotten Marcus Peters in the past, Steve Smith. He even said one of the reasons was like he liked he had a good relationship with John Harbaugh. Like it's okay. You can you can say, oh, players are attracted to play to with John Harbaugh. It's okay to say that. 
and still feel like you want a new coach. Like you don't have to like pretend that that like he doesn't know when he wants to go for it on fourth down. He obviously knew he wanted to. He knew how to get buy-in from his players. So, uh, but I think it just goes to show he is a reason that, you know, free agents do still want to come here. I love that people run with that. Like, really? Really? You're really going to take that clip and say that, that, that John couldn't make up his mind himself and didn't have <laughs> enough confidence in himself in that moment? A guy who's a Super Bowl winner, he's been in the league for – you know, almost two decades. Really? It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. What does make sense is that Jadavian, very much like other veterans who have faced Lamar, when they join the Ravens and they realize they don't have to face him anymore except during practice, it's a sense of relief. I'm just glad I ain't got to chase the guy no more right now. So, uh, I got a year off from chasing the, the quickest, fastest quarterback in the lead. Uh, it's great. <laughs> Can you blame him? I'd be relieved too. Can you blame him? He also talked about his his off season. We know he's 30 now at this point. Durability or at least availability has been a concern over the last few years. He's hopped around from team to team ever since leaving Houston. And he just was asked about what his off season was like being that he didn't join the team until recently. Sure, I, I came in week one. I came in, you know, training camp. I done did a little bit of everything. And I just think, just training in the offseason. I, I work extremely hard in the offseason, stay in shape. When I got out here, these guys were like, man, you like you're in pretty good shape. I say, I, I train a lot, you know, just try to make sure when that phone do ring or whenever I do decide to play for it, I'm, I'm in shape and I'm physically ready to go when I get there. So that was my whole goal until me being able to come out here and compete at a high level. And Harv's echoed those sentiments as well, just in terms of what he'd seen, in terms of being in shape and whatnot. Don't expect to see him in any preseason play, obviously, with the uh, finale coming up on Saturday night. A reminder, Sarah and I will be live streaming that after the Buccaneers game, but uh, should be good to go by week one. Yeah, so I, I like that. I liked listening to Jadavian. Uh, I know both of us had concerns with him and the way he left the Cleveland Browns and, um, you know, talking about the team and how frustrated he was and all that kind of stuff. And um, usually stuff that you don't put in the public, but he did. Obviously, he he had hit a certain point where he was angry and upset and all of that. But what I got from him today was just like this guy who he he kind of like went through all of his injuries from basically year one and how he just feels like he just has never really been healthy. And now he's like, I, I just want to win. You know, that's all I want to do. I just want to win. I, that's all I'm trying to do. And and I, I love this. My goal is to play 17 games. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do. And um, and he went on to say, because people kind of asked him, you know, what have they told you what your role is? And um, I don't know if you had, did you have that clip when he talked about like, okay. So they asked about his role and um, and he talked about the versatility that, he and the other, and, and Harbaugh said this too in his exact same press conference, the versatility with him and Ajabo and Odafe Owe. They're all different, but they're also like these speed power pass rushers. And so they're all really interchangeable. And so that's going to give Mike McDonald a lot of flexibility, a lot of flexibility to move them around where you don't quite know where the pressure is going to be coming from. And Jadavian's like, you know, 
he's like, I, he's like, my goal was just to let the coaches know that I'm healthy and I'm available to do whatever they want all over, you know, kind of up front. And then he goes, but I think they kind of know that already because I've only been here for a few days and they're, and I can tell where they're already putting me and they're putting me everywhere. They're using me everywhere. So he already seemed to be pretty happy with his role and, and how that'll be going about. And I am too. I'm very, I'm very excited to see because they are, they're all these kind of, um, you know, power pass rushers and speed, speed, speed pass rushers. So again, they all do it in different ways, but you can have a, a lot of fun with them. And, and, and before we move on while the reason why I was a little bit, um, earlier answering a question, I paused because I was grabbing this clip. You talked about it, but I feel like we just have to show it slash have everybody hear it when Harbaugh asked Lamar, do you want to go for it? It just is too good. We have to bring it back. Jackson. First down. Touchdown. Eight yard touchdown run by Lamar Jackson. Two. I miss Marshall Yonda too. That Joker, that Joker laugh. That was that was Marshall Yonda. That was a good excuse to play that. You're right. I should have had that yeah. ready to roll. But uh, yeah, Lamar looks so young in that too. It's crazy, and I, I just love how how fired up he was in that moment. And that was that was really the moment where I feel like nationally, folks started to to wonder what is this 2019 team all about mm. and what is this Lamar Jackson all about at the NFL level and from there they went on a historic run as we know you know and Marcus Peters joined the team and and they became so dominant that it was some I will never ever forget that ride that the 2019 Ravens regular season wise took the city of Baltimore on so one quick note on that clowny thing before we move on. You, you mentioned his his goal of wanting to be available for all 17. You know, the way that answer started was actually he hasn't forgotten about Cleveland. He he was yeah, asking right. about the Browns and he he straight up was just like, I don't care about anything they got going on over there. All I'm all I'm focused on right right now is where I'm at, where my feet are, and being available. So, you know, in in a sense, he's still got an, there's still some animosity. He yeah. hasn't forgotten whatsoever. But to your point a second ago, he took that and, and almost turned a negative into a positive about what his goals are at this point in his career. So we'll finish it there yeah. on Clowney. Yeah, there was no like, you know, I really appreciated my time there. It was like, I don't want anything to do with them. Like, don't even ask me about them. <laughs> so for yep. sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, on to a big announcement that came down on Thursday from the Ravens. October 22nd, mark your calendars accordingly because one of the organizational all-time greats is going to be forever immortalized atop the bank, and that is T-Sizzle, Terrell Suggs. It was announced across all the Ravens platforms as follows. Hello? Terrell, how you doing? What are your thoughts on coming to Baltimore? I'm going to a defensive kingdom, so defensive player couldn't, couldn't be happy. I really do believe something great could come out of this. T-Sizz, you are a prime example of what it means to play like a Raven. For 16 seasons, it was a joy watching you perform in the purple and black. Through your leadership, dedication, and dominance, you helped elevate our standard. Today, it is a privilege to announce that on October 22nd, you will become the 14th Raven inducted into our prestigious Ring of Honor. The entire Ravens flock cannot wait to celebrate your achievements and the everlasting impact you made on our franchise and Baltimore. Touchdown, Terrell Suggs, the Hayes in the barn. Sarah, you spent 12 years in that building, a chunk of which was all throughout his career. Does that bring back the feels? It does. It does. I mean, Terrell was unlike anybody else, unlike anybody else. He was always trolling and razzing people. I was on the other end of that a few times. Uh, so, you know, it's always, it's always an honor to get made fun of by, by sizzle. Cause he does it to everybody. And, uh, and I just, I just love that fire. It's just, yeah, you know, it's just so fun. It's like what you just said with the 2019 season, but in, in this case, it was like different players. I got to see Ray and Ed and Haloti and sizzle. It's just, it's just a treat to be able to watch and witness greatness and it's inspiring. It makes you feel like, how can I take advantage of this day? Like these are people who are go- reaching for greatness and their goals every single day, and then they realize it. And they're they're the, some of the few people that get to do it in front of you know everybody in front of the world. And so it's like John Harbaugh said when he was at podium, this was a no brainer. He absolutely deserves being in the Ring of Honor. He is. One of the faces you think of when you think of what does it mean to play like a Raven, him versus Ben Roethlisberger and and all of that. And I can't wait to hear his speech because he does. He's he's also like really into movies and producing and all that kind of stuff. And so he's got this other side of him that's like this storyteller or or like like when he came out in the gladiator kind of uh, mask and whatnot. And you could hear it in that clip. Like He's just so quick when they're like, hey, what do you think about coming to Baltimore as a rookie? And he's like, oh, I'm coming to a defensive kingdom. Like just his vocabulary and the way he puts stuff out. I am looking forward to that Ring of Honor speech 100%. We all should be. October 22nd, week seven, Detroit Lions, home game, inside the bank, one o'clock on Fox. Place is going to be jumping. You know he's coming in hot. I mean, it's, it's going to be really, really something. And as you mentioned a second ago, John Harbaugh, of course, weighed in on his 
former standout. Terrell Suggs will be inducted into the Ring of Honor. So I want to congratulate uh, Terrell and his family, Sizz. And uh, we, still got, we still got a defense called Sizz. Did you know that? Yeah, it's a pass rush, of course, <laughs> of course. And uh, just had a chance to text with him today and couldn't be more, more happy for him. Nobody's more deserving. I mean, obviously, that was a no-brainer, right? And uh, what he meant to this organization and to our team and to our defense, uh, I just personally just very grateful for uh, Terrell Suggs and what he's done for the Ravens. Shifting gears to another former great, of course, who's also in the ring of honor as well. We should have probably shared this earlier this week. The Orioles are back in town after a West Coast swing. They're up at the time of this taping. They're up a game and a half on the division. They're pennant chasing. It's fun. October baseball is potentially right around the corner. And who'd they have out to handle the game ceremonial first pitch a couple nights ago? Number 20. So that was courtesy of Pete Gilbert, former colleague of mine. And then he just taped that, that which was on Masson originally. But Sarah, for our audio only people here, let me just kind of throw on the play-by-play -play hat. You know, when when ceremonial first pitches are are done at games, depending on who it is, some folks will kind of not actually step onto the mound itself so that they're closer yep. and that they're not up on what feels like a pedestal because if you've never pitched before, it's just easier to be on level ground. And we all know our baseball, you know, baseball people out there know that it's an elevated mound. And so Ed not only goes up to the actual mound itself, pitches the full length not only does he do that but he fires this thing in so much so that the oriole bird the team mascot muffed it and it went into the backstop so it's just <laughs> do you expect anything else from the great one no ed reed is just he's just gifted all around completely gifted and it just feels like he's one of those guys that really whatever sport he could excel at like whatever he chose he probably could have been great at it and, and with everything that that kind of happened with with him in the last year or so at Bethune Cookman it was nice to see him out and about having a good time regardless of what you you know how you feel that 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 took place at that short little stint uh, as the head coach anyway let's let's finish up here some quick hits here about a few different players beginning with the aforementioned Ardarius Washington, which I mentioned in the intro. Ardarius is a former undrafted rookie with this team. He has spent considerable time on the 53-man roster over the last couple of years due to injuries in, in, in spots, you know, here and there. He, he shifts between the practice squad and the 53-man. And I think we've both agreed, based on what he's shown on tape through a couple of preseason games, the activity that he's creating and, and really wreaking havoc in practice, that he's making a case for himself. I think Harbs probably agrees to. He does play bigger than his size, Bo. Uh, one of the things he does well is he jumps really well. I mean, he's really explosive. He's, I don't know what his vertical jump is, but I've seen him go way high, you know, to get a football. So the play he made in the game against Washington uh, on that on that zero blitz where they threw the ball up in the air and he got the ball out, that's a good play as you're going to see. You know, and I think he's got a knack for kind of kind of exploding, covering ground to go make a play. So he's done really well. I'm really happy for him. I think he's taken a lot of steps as a player and excited for his future. So how about this, Sarah? He's listed, Ardarius, T former TCU standout, safety. He's listed at 5'8", 176. To give everybody Ooh. some perspective, not that anybody needs perspective because that's like a normal dude's height, and I consider myself relatively normal, contrary to popular belief. 
I'm 5'8 on a good day, 165. So we're the same height, and he's got me by 10 pounds, and yet he's out here playing as if he's 6'8. I mean, it's yeah. it's awesome to watch. And and he's a former undrafted rookie, like I said, at TCU. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got a knack for the football. He's all over the field. He's versatile. They need him in the secondary this season because of injuries, at least at the beginning. And it sure seems like he's making – he could be a lock. We'll talk to Jason Smith about it from Huddle It Up Films coming up before the weekend. But it sure seems like he's a lock right now to make this team in that nickel roll. Well, spoiler alert, I'll have him on my 53. Me and me and Jason will will do our predictions. I know you'll facilitate that. Uh, yeah, he's he's definitely on mine. How about Sam Mustafer? Remember, Sam was picked up this offseason not too long ago uh, from, well, in free agency, but he started 16 games at center for Chicago last season. He started 40 over the past three seasons combined with the Bears. You might remember the name. He's a Baltimore guy. He went to uh, good counsel in Olney. He had a bunch of different offers coming out of there. Four-star recruit. Chose Notre Dame over the likes of Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. I don't know where he fits in the puzzle here, Sarah, in terms of what he can and cannot do up and down the line. He's probably going to start the season as, as Linderbaum's backup, but perhaps he gets into a couple different roles. Harbaugh loves what he sees. Hey, great question, and the answer is affirmative to all that. He's played, Sam has played very well. Uh, he's picked up the offense very well, but here's a guy that started numerous games, so he's been there. He understands the concepts. He's held up really well from a, just a, a base and, a, and an anchor standpoint, and he's moved his feet well in reach blocks and things like that. So very few mistakes. You know, he's definitely put himself in position to be a contributor for us. He definitely has. That caught my attention. It, it did. I, I don't know what to – I don't know if I want to read into it too much or not. Sam Mustfer is definitely firmly on my on my bubble, my roster bubble. And I've got to make a decision because I know we're recording tomorrow at – what time are we recording? I don't, I don't remember. Um, or I guess by the time they're listening to this, it'll be today. Uh, Thursday we're recording, and I've got to figure out if I'm going to keep Sam or not. Like, uh, I just don't know how to – there's so many bubble guys, and because there's so many injuries at cornerback, I don't know what to do yet. So uh, to be continued on that. But that was that was kind of swaying me a little bit, but I don't know if he's like – I don't know. I don't know if he's going to make it. Stay tuned for that episode. Like we mentioned a couple times now, we're going to be uh, for the second, our second annual little projection roster breakdown stuff. I'm going to be facilitating a conversation between Sarah and Jason Smith from Huddle It Up Films locally in Baltimore. So looking forward to that. And lastly, Harbs talked a little bit about the new guy, Ronald Darby, who they picked up really as a direct response to Marlon Humphrey's surgery. Ronald's done well. I mean, he looks like he looks like a starting corner. You know, he's been there. He's, he's very talented. He knows how to play. I think he's a great addition to our team. I'll add him to the roster. There's going to be plenty of guys fighting for those roles. Yeah, he'll be on the roster. I didn't I didn't pull this because it you know, and in, in, in for the sake of time, but Marlon Humphrey was asked about Darby. And Marlon was really happy with the pick. And he was like, he's like, oh, oh yeah, I like him. And and he said, um, he said, you know, like, he's like, you can never have enough corners. And like with him, he's, he was like, we have solid depth. And so you add in what Harbaugh's saying. He's like, he looks like a starter. So with Marlon out, potentially week one, two, three, which one, whichever ones of those, I don't know. But it's good to hear that he's looking like a starter. And uh, by the way, 
Marlon was also asked, because I know I've been asked this a lot, like what if the Ravens traded for Packers um, cornerback Jair Alexander? And he's like, oh, that'd be awesome. He's, he's like, but that's not happening. He's like, that would be too hefty of a price. And he's like, he's like, you could, you could trade me for him. Like, he's like, if we get him, somebody big's going, maybe it's me. He's like, and then, uh, you know, the co-host was like, well, maybe it'd be Hamilton or whatever. He's like, yeah, that's my point. He's like, if you're going to get Alexander, he's like, it's just too hefty of a cost. And so he was like, yeah, I don't think that's happening. So, Hey, real quick. Cause I know that's the last quote, just real quick from practice updates. Marcus or uh, Mark Andrews missed again today. So I'm keeping an eye on that. Tyus Bowser has not returned. Bobby, I'm at the point. I could always be wrong. Me, I am not expecting Tyus Bowser a week one anymore. Like th this would have been if he had practiced this week. Do they have Friday off? They have Friday off, right? Because they play Saturday night. That means we now have two more weeks of practice. I don't think that's enough time to get his knee, whatever's going on with it. I don't think that's enough time to get it ready for week one. So for me, my prediction is that he will not play week one. Let's finish here. We're going to shout out as always and give some love to our returning patrons. Two of them, Kurt Pfeiffer, Jameson Helfrick. Appreciate both of you guys for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore. And if any of you are interested in doing the same out there, especially small business owners or folks that maybe just want to show your support and get a little incentive in there, which is a monthly shout out. You can do so by checking out what we're offering on patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast. All of that information can be found in the show notes below preseason live post game streaming is coming up on Saturday night. That's the next time. Well, actually the next time is we'll, we'll have our by Friday afternoon, early evening, we'll have our, our roster projection episode with Jason Smith. And then Saturday night, we'll have our post-game live stream. Sunday, we'll just chill. And then Monday, we'll react to however many surprises there are or aren't based on the 2023-53 man roster. So with that, lots coming up into the weekend. I'm still in Vegas, by the way. Still here. You know, Sarah's <laughs> been awesome with all the flexibility that you've granted me. So I'm looking off to the right right now. It's a it's a beautiful at the time of this taping. It's a it's a beautiful what? It's like, I don't know, five o'clock. I'm still kind of getting used to the three hour time difference, but the strip is off to my right. Big uh big dinner tonight with a bunch of the content creators that I've been meeting here and hopefully getting a, some guests for us in the coming weeks and months. So yeah, it's been awesome. And uh with that, we'll we'll finish up and and say thank you. As always, you can hit us up via email at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. If you want to donate to the show, you can do so on a one-time basis uh, through our Venmo, which I should probably put up on the screen, at RavensVault Podcast. We appreciate you guys. Anything, Everything is, is always much appreciated. And again, this is your Friday morning vault edition. For Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off. We'll next be with you. <laughs> A little bit later this afternoon and then on Saturday night to wrap up the preseason. <laughs>